Welcome to the Assembly of Silence Radio Hour. This audio program has been carefully packed to the legal limit with a weekly allowance of non-governmentally approved deep thoughts per square minute of podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Judah and Noah. Did you unplug me and put me in the mic? No. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, because I plugged into the phone. Oh, really? Yeah, then you oh, okay, then, then I did. Me. <laughs> Crazy. Well, that sucked. <laughs> we just we just recorded something amazing, and we didn't record it. It was beautiful. <laughs> so we didn't record something amazing, but we just had something amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> just Sorry. trust us. Sorry you weren't there. Oh, technology. Well, we were talking about... Technology just comes to bite you in the ass every time. If we could... Every time. It was supposed to be our savior. It was going to make everything so much easier. We were going to have all this free time. Now we just, like, dick around and get lost in updates and malfunctions and just weird crap. I don't know if anyone else ever has this experience, but for me, with technology, all the things that are, quote, the easiest thing to do... (laughs) Right, Right, are the most ridiculously. Convoluted. Well, you know, some of us are just technologically cursed. Oh, I, I, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm not one to say you know use the cursed word like, don't, but I believe I've got major technological challenges, and there's most likely a curse on me because of. Well, you know that curse may well be a blessing because I, what I see you doing is avoiding technology. <laughs> And that, I think, is probably the wisest thing to do. You know, I, I used to be pretty well immersed in it all the time, and I've tried to set up my life to be, you know, away from it. But there are a bunch of things that I want to do that involve the use of the technology, so I'm all wrapped up in it and I'm just getting pissed off at it all the time. Yeah, I, I, I find the more time I spend with it, the more frustrated and um, and angry I get around it and the less time i spend with it the more at peace i am well good let's not talk about it anymore i don't think we should make this our subject so we were uh we were gonna just go with a complete freewheeling improvisational we still can episode we can still do that we can still do that i think that's still within within reason there for sure so what just happened to your microphone I talking about it, sounds, it sounds like i lost it's, it. something weird happened yeah well, I mean, I, get, I can kind of hear myself. I can hear it. I think I just got to get really close to it. Okay. So, yeah. So, we were talking. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, I think we can go back and revisit let's, let's this try. subject. We'll try and so, revisit it. Because it's usually a mistake to do that. It is, but I think we can. Yeah. We were talking about the nature of conversation, and is conversation, you know, has conversation traditionally been superficial? Oh, yeah. From the outset, from the get-go, has conversation, for the most part, I, w- I would venture to say that in the beginning, the use of sound, as we were talking about, the use of sound was really critical for life-preserving skills. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, hunting and, you know, if there was war or intertribal warfare, um, that... You know, being able to make sound was really important. 
But at what point did it begin to become conversation? And as it became more conversation, was it primarily just superficial? Like, grog. Hey. Grog? How, grog. How's your day? Mm, how's your day, grog? Uh, you know? <laughs> Hey, grog. Is grog, the grog. name of someone. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. That, grog is, is like what you're, saying. It's like you're you're a neo Neolithic, you know, you're Neanderthal, you know, and and you know one grunt to the other grunt, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think maybe that's you know. uh, that's a picture of uh, <laughs> of a f- <laughs> former version of humanity that we really don't know much about. Yeah, yeah. Um, well. I could see it going a number of different ways, you know. We were talking before about how birds mm-hmm. have this um, expressive way of pointing out when things are changing in their environment. That's kind of the, the main thing that seems to be going on. Yeah. So, But even when there isn't something changing, there's kind of a twittering going on. There's a little bit of kind of like – and that's sort of like a – like a ground state. You could say that they're basically keeping like, ah, oh, everything, you know, it's like if yeah. you, because you're also mentioning that if there's silence, that's a message in and of itself. If everything right. shuts up, it's like, uh-oh. Yeah, there's something Something's here. Something's really coming then, right? Yeah. So there's a little bit of kind of Twittering going on all the time. Yeah. And then it's punctuated by things that are more important to pay attention to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're just doing the same thing. You know, maybe the superficial conversation is just kind of that twittering, like, you know, oh, is everyone doing okay? It's just like this kind of steady state, you know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm still here. Like, basically, you're pinging. Like from computer terms, it's like, yeah, there's there's a thing that's out there and you're still getting a signal from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still, yeah, there's still something coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's the information. It's like they may be talking about the weather. They may be talking about what they watched on television, you know, but the message is basically like, I'm still here. Right, you right, know? right. And so that's an important aspect of any kind of communication network is to know that the nodes are still active, you know, because if there's silence and it's like, oh, do we have to send a repairman out there? You know, like what's what's wrong? Mm. Right? Mm Because we just already agreed that if there's silence, then something's gone wrong. Something's up. Something's Something's up. Right. So maybe that's kind of what's going on. You know, like we we could bemoan it and say, oh, no one talks about anything of any importance anymore. And it seems like there's some truth to that, right? I remember there's a quote by G.K. Chesterton that's something like, the only things that are worth discussing are politics and religion. You know, and and nowadays, yeah, some people are discussing it, but. But really, when it comes down to it, and you're in conversation in social circles, pe- people pretty much avoid those topics like the plague. Well, I, I don't really think they're worthy of discussion anymore. You can make that case. Go ahead, make that case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's look at it. I mean, seriously, politics right now is 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 a joke. We, it's it's a total joke at this point. We have people that are in power for their own greed. They have, they do not, for the most part, care about the general public or this planet. And it's it's a it's been overtaken by corporations. So what are we really? And and the political world doesn't seem to be able to have a conversation with each other. Nobody can talk to each other at this moment in time. It's about who the loudest person is. Whoever can shout the loudest or shout down the other person the loudest is the one who gets heard. Well, what, that, there's nothing really worth conversing about there for the most part as far as I'm concerned. And then in religion... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's <laughs> take one at a time. 
just jump on you. I know. So I mean, it's true. But well, but what you just said is something that's worth saying about politics, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's a conversation that should be had about politics. Yeah. Yeah. And. The you know some people make the case that basically everything is political on some level, and it's sort of true, you know, because fundamentally politics is about the relations between people, you know, so organizing people, and and it's facilitated through uh, well conversation to a large extent, you know, political movements they can get violent, but up until that point, right, it's pretty much debate, you could say, right, right. So ideally, you can work it out in the debate phase where the conversation is the important part. That you know, right. although it's not really a conversation, it's it, like you said. There's this thing about whoever speaks with the loudest. Yeah. But at a certain point, that becomes a uh, a liability because people will realize that that's not a conversation. There's no way that there could be anything positive coming out of people who are just attacking each other. But this is what's being modeled for people and people are starting and, – and so this is what they see on the news. This is what they see – you know, they're watching on TV or but they're that's hearing one of the on reasons the radio. Why, and, that's one of the reasons why television and radio people don't listen to them that much anymore. A lot of people – it's mainly an older demographic that is still getting their news from television. Apparently, and it's hard to say whether or not this is true because who the hell knows whether these numbers are real. Yeah. But from what I've heard, there's a lot of people who are so sick of what is presented as news in the mainstream media that they're just looking elsewhere. I mean, I know certainly that's what I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, I still check in with the mainstream media just to see how deep the bullshit has gotten. Mm-hmm. But you know, basically, the information that I consider to be of some value is elsewhere i almost never see anything that seems even remotely worth the time it takes to read or listen to it in the mainstream media right i mean we're also looking at an era where the moderators don't moderate they they actually try to uh create difficulty they try to incite basically if 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 the media was doing its job uh in 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 moderate in moderating and there's no reason in in the technological era where everything can be fact-checked at an instant why uh somebody who's telling blatant lies is given as well i'm not so sure about the fact check thing because the problem is now that information has gotten to be so um there's so much of it and it comes from so many different perspectives and so much of it is bullshit that if you want, you can pretty much get your fake facts for whatever it is that you want to have supported. Right. Yes. And there's some basic things. There are some basic, I think, facts that that can be checked that haven't been in moderation. So when you have somebody like Donald Trump who – you know, is is just like a a a stream of consciousness of lies, for the most part. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I see you bobbing your head. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, he, I mean, you can't deny the man is a compulsive liar. Oh yeah, he doesn't care uh, about no, whether or not something. Well, he doesn't care about whether everything he says makes sense no. or whether it's based upon something real. He's a guy who is like you know Norman Vincent Peale, right? That was the the uh, the religion he came from. You could say basically the power of positive thinking. So just sort of like f- by force of will, he'll try to plow his way through to what he considers to be his goal. Right, and it does, and so 
so truth doesn't matter. The man will lie, and those and and the things he's lying about can be very easily checked on. But nobody does it, and nobody calls him but out this on is, it. I mean, this and is this the is, nature is, of the, the whole political spectrum, right? right now. And that's why I mean, I'm all the players are working that way. So, so I, why I say it's not worth talking about anymore is because when you give something that's so dysfunctional, so deteriorated, so um, apathetic, really. Uh, continual attention, you keep it alive, and it that it needs to die. That, well, that, that needs to die, and and when you and you starve it, you don't give it the attention it needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's why I say it's really not worth talking about anymore. There are certain things that aren't worth talking about anymore because their exp- their, their their expiration date is long past due, and they need to go. And and that's including things like fundamentalist Christianity, any kind of fundamentalism, any kind of um, a viewpoint that refuses to take into consideration what is most benevolent for all beings. Uh, I don't know if I can completely go with all of that. <laughs> uh, let's start with the the political side of it. I, I think that I do agree that the political system is beyond repair in this country at this time. I think it's worth talking about in the sense that we're talking about it, which is to point out that this great debate is completely futile and really will not lead us anywhere. But the problem is that it is to a large extent what the future of our civilization is based upon. And if we tune out entirely from it, we have to have some kind of a conversation about what takes its place. So because if it is just everyone checks out, which is part of what's been going on for a long time, and you could say that the mess that we're in is partially due to the fact that a lot of people have checked out from the political process. And so we've just gotten, and particularly, we've gotten the worst people involved in the political process now. So there is this kind of old-fashioned notion that we might be able to somehow get in there and clean. that's why, you know, a lot of people are attracted to Trump's like drain the swamp thing even though it clearly hasn't happened. He's he's over but, overflowed it. <laughs> he's he's filled the swamp to its Well, there's brim nothing and- but the swamp. You know, it's it just it's a completely corrupt system. Yeah. It's it's just totally corrupt. So, you know, is there any potential for redeeming it? And if not, then I mean, it's kind of like, okay, well, that's the end of that civilization, you know, it just I don't see how we can really hope to keep a country together if we don't have a functional political system. So I don't think that checking out is going to solve the problem. I, I also don't think our political system is our is our current political system is our future. I, I think our current political system is, is the demise of our future and uh, what we really need to do is is um, you know it's beyond repair, like you said. Our political system is beyond repair. And the only thing I can think of at this point is that we create something new that makes the current system obsolete. Well, but it would have to be a political system. So it, it, would, it would have to be something that would address all the, all the issues that arise from – the complicated set of relationships that people have to maintain in order to have a functional society. Mm-hmm. 
So it seems to me that if we're incapable of doing it ourselves, the only thing that is kind of waiting in the wings right now are the machines. And we uh, – I don't remember. Did we discuss this uh, in this episode or in the one that we didn't manage to record where we were talking about the glories of technology and just how it continually bites us in the ass? Was this – I think that's this one. That's this one? I, okay. I think we're on. <laughs> so we're having a little thematic continuity here because – <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe a machine could do a better job of preventing us from tearing each other limb to limb, but would it be a society we'd want to live in if it was run by machines? I mean, who knows? I don't think so. I mean, we're halfway there already, right? Yeah. I mean, the machines are basically the ones that are collecting the data and doing a lot of the data analysis right now, and that's where the decision-making process happens and all that. So we're we're basically on our way to that whether we like it or not, it appears to be, or at least some segment of our society is. You know, we, it may be that hmm. our political institutions now are so dysfunctional that we're going to fragment, and there'll be some, you know, kind of civil war type of thing, and some groups will decide, hey, we're going to let the machines do this for us, and other groups will try to make a go of it as uh, in a more traditional political sense or something. Who knows? I can see decentralization being a real legitimate... Um option here well the thing is when there isn't a overriding agreement and that seems to be our biggest problem is that we just cannot come up with some basic agreement on what it is that we're going to be uh abiding by so when when that's not the case if you already have a environment where there's a lot of conflict and potential for abuse and violence it can only get worse if things, you know, balkanize, if they kind of break up into a bunch of different groups. Um, we're kind of – it's sort of like what's happening now in, in Europe, you know, where there's a bunch of nations who want to leave the EU and they're having a hard time doing it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. England got so far as uh, actually saying they were going to do it and now – they're realizing what that's actually going to entail. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're backpedaling, right? They're backpedaling, and but at the same time, there's more and more information coming out about how dysfunctional Europe is. This is the th- weird thing about it's like a it's like a family or or a re- relationship. You get really sick of it, and you're like, screw them, and then uh, you break up, and then you realize, wow, okay, this is even worse. <laughs> Is it? Is it? Is it? I don't know if that's always the case. I well, mean, it depends, you know. Like, yeah. I, to some extent, it depends on how much weight everyone was pulling. That's a really good point. I mean, if no, if someone's just not pulling their weight at all, well, clearly it's going to be better, you know. Mm-hmm. But quite often, there's some weight being pulled, right? Yeah. 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 So. In those circumstances, all of a sudden, the weight gets shifted entirely onto one unit where previously there were many, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're having a, a similar kind of – I mean it's been a basic process of globalization. We have this deeply integrated global economy where there's a lot of moving parts and in order to build an iPhone, it's basically from all over the world. All kinds of different things are coming together. That's just one object of many, many objects that are being shipped around the world all the time. And 
the relationships and supply chains and all the various things that go into child make- labor, exactly raping the planet. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. we could go on and on here. Yeah, I mean, we're we've really created a situation for ourselves here, where you have companies that are are, you know, um, they absolutely need child labor to function the way that they're functioning and how, how how long are we as a as a humanity going to let that go on you know how long are we going to let drilling well, into the planet on. go on i mean yeah i mean it's, it's been, been going, going on, on for, for time immemorial yeah. i mean right. child labor you know basically is like as soon as you knew how to walk they would get you to do something right right but i mean how I mean, there's got to come a point where we say, wow, my iPhone is built on child labor. Oh, this chocolate bar is built on child labor. Oh, you know. Uh, well, now we're getting I mean, back we're, to the – you know, this is probably one of the reasons why people prefer to have superficial conversations because, you know, the deeper you dig into everything that goes on around you, the more you get to witness what a horror show it is. It's just a horror show. It is. It is. And, and, and it's really always, the 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 eight hundred pound gorilla in the room is population. You know that's basically where so many of these things become super horrifying and disgusting. Because the fact is that the more people there are in desperate circumstances, the more shittily they're going to be treated. Mm. You know, when something is a rare item. It tends to be treated with reverence and respect. And when something is just they're everywhere. They're everywhere. It's everything. It's like you, there's too many. It doesn't tend to be treated with respect. The irony is that in an effort to treat human beings with greater respect, we've created a condition where human beings are being treated with ever less respect. Right? We didn't want the horrors of the wars anymore. You know, World War Two, and the and the atomic bomb were like, okay, that's enough. We cannot try to resolve our problems through this kind of force anymore. So, we came up with these these ideas about, you know, human rights and human dignity, and uh, population took off like a rocket. And now we're in a situation. It's like our intentions almost always produce the opposite results. <laughs> You know, that is they, – they say that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And there are a lot of good intentions. People, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to make it – and, you know, the political world is built on that because how the hell are you going to sell people on an idea that they don't want? Right. So you have to give them something that they want. And if it's something that they want, it probably won't work. <laughs> so that's another reason why politics is kind of a fool's game because it just never leads to the results that anyone intended. You know, now, you know, even if they promise something, they don't bother to even try to do it when they get into office. Or if they do, they get all tied up by the opposition and say, (laughs) probably on purpose. You know, it seems like they're all basically just working as one big team. You know, that's that's how I interpret it. Yeah, exactly. Good cop, bad cop. And you can see that in the media, like the media who have decided to uh, cover one or the other side favorably. It's just amazing how. They can take the same exact footage and frame it so differently. And then the way that the the political actors behave 
it's like they'll always give something to the other side. They can't just like mm-hmm. come out and like seamlessly make the case for what it is they're supposed to represent. That now it's like they're always going to throw something in that will give the other side something to really hate them for. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's it's so obvious that this this whole thing is basically a mechanism to divide people up into camps and. And people don't see through it. They, the, the Maya is strong. Well, people are angry. Mm-hmm. They're angry. They've been, they've been treated terribly. And our society is a mess. And people want it fixed in various ways. And yeah. everyone has a different idea of what's wrong and who's to blame and how to fix it. So everyone can agree that... It's a mess. I don't think there's anyone who thinks that things are really going very well. Well, maybe Steven Pinker. <laughs> he seems to think that things are going really well, that, that somehow or another, if you massage the numbers just right, everything is actually a lot better than it was before. Well, that's the, the gift of numbers is they can tell you it, whatever you want them to tell you. Yeah. Like my, uh, like, it's like stats, right? So. Like my teacher Lawrence Lyons says, uh, letters let and numbers numb. <laughs> That's good. Yes. Yeah. We. It's. Um, hmm. yeah. I'm not ready yet. I know he <laughs> wants. Judah wants the assembly of silence moment right now, and I'm just. I, I haven't hit that Zen point. I don't know if it's possible to have an assembly of silence think, moment after a discussion about politics. I think it just that's makes the whole me point ill. Of the assembly you of want silence. an escape, but that's not what it is. You can't escape from this conversation <laughs> with an assembly of silence moment. It's not an escape. It's just the reality that at some point, you know, there's nothing left to say because it's all such a sham right now. Okay, you win. (laughs) Well, that was an assembly of silence moment like no other. (laughs) Hopefully it'll never happen again. I was afraid of when we were going to start talking about politics. I knew it was going to happen at some point or another. And it just immediately fills me with dread and foreboding. That's all you can have for it right now. It's just it is at that point. Um, So how do we like check out from the political dialogue without checking out from our responsibility as citizens in a – participatory democracy wow so cold god right because you're 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 damned if you do damned if you don't right Right. so so okay 22 cash 22 right let's go third party let's vote third party but you vote third party you there's going to be that really difficult transition period where the third party numbers have to grow and while the third party numbers are growing people you really don't want in office are going to be in office and, uh, but and also when the third party gets to the point that it's significant enough to actually challenge the major parties they'll just be co-opted i mean you know you can't right. you can't even yes. have a progressive wing of the democratic party without it getting co-opted in like 15 minutes you know? Right, right. We're, like now, progressive is this buzzword on the on the left, you know, and 
It's like progressive has been turned into – well, it's been turned into the same as the word democracy. Right. So it, it's like the classic greenwashing, right? Right. Exactly. So it's it's the green. It's like uh, so. There's this new young uh, Latina woman in, yep. um, and you know she wants to create the Green New Deal, right? Well, right. well, you know, well, there's a real future in that. Absolutely, there's a future in that. But the Democratic Party crushed it already, apparently, or they're at great opposition with it. I don't, I don't know. But I think she's way out of her depth. Uh, well, uh. she she's coming in. You know, young and bold, right? Right. And and the party doesn't want that. The party says, "No, we're status quo," and they're just going to keep losing their base as as they stay status quo because they're older and they're dying and they're becoming dinosaurs. And younger people uh, are done dealing with that. Younger people want real solutions. They don't. They they don't want to be treated like, "Oh, you're young. You you don't really know what you're talking about anymore." Meanwhile, they're watching their future be squandered away from them. The health of the planet, the health of the economy, all sorts of things are just being totally squandered right in that right in front of their eyes. And they're done. They're done. They're done. Dude, I thought we got to the point where we're going to talk about this. I I'm thought we, were, we hit our <laughs> si- you, assembly you, of silence you, moment. You got me all riled now up now. Back into it. See, this is how damn. Damaging this shit is. That's this, why I say it's not worth talking about. <laughs> well, then why the hell did we start recording this one? <sighs> well, the, the, the oh, pro- politics, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. That was the point, and I think it's very true. Well, maybe we're just damned, you know? Like, there are some who have made a pretty good case that, you know, life on Earth is always, what's the word? Doomed? Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We do, you know, we we suffer under this notion that there's a way of doing things where everything would work out just beautifully. Mm. You know, and if only those other ideas that we don't agree with hadn't been implemented, then it would be so much better. Right. And I'm really not sure that there's much truth to that. You know, I I have a lot of sympathy for the progressives, but I really think they have no frickin' clue how to make a functional system. You know, I think that's basically the problem with the left in general. I don't think anyone does. I don't think anyone knows how I to think make a functional system. God knows system. how to make a functional I mean, system. God, I think God's about the only. <laughs> it functions. Uh, the, you know, the universe the, is holding together pretty well. Here's the deal: if we <laughs> adhere to natural, universal laws, we would be a lot better off. I I would tend to agree with that. But on a certain level, we can't help but adhere to natural universal laws. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, we are always going to be forced to deal with the way things are. And we're always suffering as a consequence of our dreams of doing it differently. Well, politics has this incredible – and I mean in the legal system in general. So we'll say politics and legal system uh, have this incredible – capacity to manufacture, quote, laws out of thin air that have no bearing to universal natural laws. Right. And so therein we're screwed. As soon as we start creating laws that buck the universe, the the universal laws, um, we're screwed. But, you know, then it comes down to, again, okay, well, how do we have a functional social organization Without there being rules, without there being laws. I mean, because basically the laws are an extension of the 
you have a group of people together and they're going to be doing various things and someone is going to create some trouble, right? right? Someone's going to kill someone or take something from someone. And so there's basic, you know, like even in the ancient world, we had some need for a establishment of rules. Code and conduct. Codes of conduct. Good way to put it. You know, and that was way before we had really started getting into destroying the planet. So I, you know, what comes to mind for me is that it, it's going to take the development of a high degree of moral imagination, meaning that when we actually attain a level of, of moral imagination within, our, within ourselves that we can govern our own selves, that's when you begin to need less and less um, See, that just ex- sounds like a, a, a you know an, another idealistic dream. You know, well, what, I mean, what are the nuts and bolts of this kind of moral imagination? You know, I mean, personal responsibility is great until a bunch of people don't take it. Right, and and, so, that, and where we're at right now is everybody wants their freedom, but they don't want the responsibility that comes along with your freedom. Well, they just want their freedom to be able to do whatever the hell they want without any responsibility, without any self-responsibility. Well, that's a surefire road to hell. Right, and that's where we're at right now. Yeah. That's exactly where we're at. What I'm saying is that, I mean, this obviously, you know, this takes development and spiritual development and and uh, self-control and, um, you know, the, the, the classic golden rule of, of do unto others as you would have done unto you, right? And or do not do unto or others do not as you do would un- not have yeah. them do unto you. Exactly, exactly. A, a slightly different uh, version that puts a whole new spin on it. Yeah, I think that actually makes one even more accountable when you say it that yeah. way, you know? And so, you know, we're, we're I, man, you know, I have hope. I have hope that there will come a day that we don't need politics, that we don't need a police force, that we don't need armies. I, I have hope that there will come a day when we can govern ourselves through the golden rule of life. I have hope for that. I've been thinking a lot, this is going to segue here, but it's, it's still part of the conversation, is that in the Hindu in the Hindu perspective, there's the yugas, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And each yuga has a certain quality to it, right? Like the sat yuga is like the it's the it's this period of time, this long period of time that's that is you could say uh, a period of truth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so there's a high so so there's a high degree of truth on the planet at that time. You know, and and then there's the opposite of that, which is the Kali Yuga, which it's my understanding that's where we're at right now, and that is uh, characterized by no truth. Hmm. It's a time of great darkness. Mm-hmm. It's a time of crumbling foundations and structures, and you know the hubris of 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 humanity and uh, ego run wild and. And I, and I really see it. Definitely I mean, describes it. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at right now. I mean, we're, our ego is so run wild, you've got Donald Trump as a president, <laughs> right? You have the epitome of ego on the world stage right now. Right. Yep. You know, as, as, a, as a mirror image, as a reflection for us of where we're at as humanity. And he's not the worst of them out there. 
Probably not. No, I mean you have Robert Mugavi's and you've got, you know, you've got other people running countries that you know aren't as civilized, quote unquote, as the U.S. and that do horrific things to people. Yep. So Donald Trump is not the worst of them. He might be the biggest egomaniac out there, but he's certainly not the worst of them. But we're in a period of great darkness. Mm-hmm. We're in a period of great darkness as humanity on this planet. And we have launched it into um, great peril in a really short period of time. Well, I, I think it's probably been a long time coming. It's a continuum think, from uh, yes, decisions and, that were made you know, in biblical days, really. Y- yes, and... With the advent of chemicals and and synthetics and what we've done as far as being able to to contaminate and pollute the earth in in about sixty to seventy years, that's unprecedented. Well, that's I guess the question would be: Okay, when would we have been able to jump off of this path to hell and take the better path? Mm-hmm. You know, at what point would we have been able to go? Oh, here's like the fork in the road where we will not head into this hellish position. You know, if it's if it is the Kali Yuga then, you know, that's a a long period of time that's defined as being such, right? So it's we have the misfortune to be born into that period of time. We don't have the opportunity to get into the driver's seat and turn the thing into the Sat Yuga, right? Right. So that's the whole thing about, you know, universal conditions, right? If there are these basic patterns and God is running the show, then we don't get to say, oh, yeah, well, we want it to be differently. You know, that that is the, the whole ego problem that that characterizes the time that we're in, you know? So on a certain level, we're just being asked to accept that this is a shitty situation and we're going to have to ride it out as best we can. It's a shitty situation, and you you just said it, you know, um, this is all unfolding from the... Okay, so we may have discussed this at some other point in time. I can't remember now, but um, this is something I've been sitting with in regards to pretty much this very conversation of, of what we've gotten ourselves into as humanity. And yet at the same time, this is all the mind of God unfolding. Mm-hmm. This is all the mind of God unfolding. This is all the imagination of God unfolding. If we believe that there is this one single being that brought all of creation into existence, if, if you want to go there, um, then it's all the imagination of that single being unfolding right now. So it is what it is regardless of whether we have made a different decision or not, this is where we're at now, and it's all God playing itself out. And the only thing I can do is trust that the mind of God knows what it's doing. Hmm. And and you know what? This planet here is one little tiny experiment in an unlimited cosmos. How many as far as we know. As far we as don't we know, know. How many billions of planets actually exist? We don't know. We don't know. We have an idea. 
Yeah, but we have an idea that's based upon all kinds of, you know, like we're interpreting the fluctuations of light to to determine whether or not there's a planet somewhere. But the reality is, is that there's 12 dimensions that science has identified. We see three dimensions. We're three-dimensional beings. Wait, 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 wait. 12 dimensions that science has identified how? Oh, God. We're going to go on a whole other topic here, dude. (laughs) Identified how? (laughs) Don't ask me. I'm not a physicist. I just read the shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that would that would be a whole but, episode in of itself. But well, I don't that, think they've identified just... any actual knowable di- uh, dimensions beyond the ones that are obvious. I don't know about that. I think we might want to dig a little deeper into that. Okay. And see. Irregardless. Irregardless. Um, which I don't believe is a word. But... <laughs> Now it is. It is now. If it's spoken and someone goes, huh, I think I could understand what you're saying there, that's a word. Irregardless, there are way more planets out there than we can possibly imagine. This is one. Seems like a good chance of that, yep. Yep. That's just, let's just play in the realm of chances. <laughs> that When you look out and you see, with the Hubble telescope and you see how many galaxies, we don't know. And how many planets are possibly within a galaxy? We have no idea. This is just one. One. So we're so very... It's one, but it may be the one happening now. We don't know. It's the one happening now because it's the one that we're awake We know that this is here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that's very Earth-centric. It's like yes, saying it is. This, this is this is the only one. But it's basic. This it's, is this is where the knowledge is based because everything else is just speculation. Yes. So, for instance, you know the light. Supposedly, many of those galaxies, billions of light years old, right? So, how long does a galaxy last? We don't know, right? Yeah. How long was it there? No clue. So, how do we know whether those galaxies are still there? We don't know. We have no idea. No way of knowing. You know, maybe, maybe what it does tell us is that there's an incredible fertility throughout the eternal cosmos. But it doesn't tell us about what's happening now. For all we know, this might be the thing happening right now, this galaxy right here. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It may be. It may not be. Mm-hmm. We have no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. So... Those are two very different scenarios, mm-hmm. right? It's a completely I, different situation if this is the galaxy happening now. Yeah. My point, my <laughs> initial point <laughs> What, did we just freewheel off the road? <laughs> I think we're in a ditch. <laughs> we just landed in a ditch. All right, see if you can uh, jack this thing back up. <laughs> To where it belongs. Tell me where does this conversation belong? I have no belong. idea where this conversation is going. And my original point was going to be that 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 in the mind of God, this is just one this is one planet in the midst of potentially billions where there is things happening. We don't know. We have no idea. So this <laughs> this could be a real temporary experiment. Yeah. In the mind of God. Well, it seems like it's pretty clear that Whatever it is that's happening here on Earth, in relation to the time scales going on elsewhere within the galaxy, uh, it's kind of a quick, quick ride, you know, flash in the pan. You know, we get pretty obsessed about our lives, and it seems like that's like the main span that we're talking about. But we all know that really it's 
our individual lives are a flash in the pan in a flash in the pan. Yeah. You know, that life on Earth is relatively brief compared to what's been going on throughout the cosmos. And our life is just a, a wee little ting, just a little ting. Like a mist. Here one minute, gone the next. Mm-hmm. That sure sounds like a good place to stop. I don't know. I think so. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, throw us a bone by subscribing to this channel, visiting our social media pages, and hitting the various like, love, and clap buttons. We welcome all comments, criticisms, and random thoughts. Our email is silentassembly at protonmail.com. And if you want to be an angel, we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash silentassembly. We look forward to serving you again soon. In the meantime, remember, turn that thing over a few times before you pick it up and take it home. <laughs>